Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Thank you, too. Summertime And the living is easy Fish are jumping And the cotton
Hello, friends. Uh, this is the Helping Friendly Podcast, another one of our quick hits. This time we're talking about uh, the second night at the man, which uh, everybody probably knows. Pretty interesting show. And uh, we have with us today, of course, RJ, who is at these shows, and Matt Dwyer, who is MD Funk on Twitter. Did I get that right? That's it. That's right. Thanks for joining us. And he also was at the show. And um, before we jump right in, I just want to, you know, Thank everybody for listening and tell everybody, you know, make sure you're checking out the, uh, if you haven't already, that Fish Companion Volume 3 uh, is out and amazing and uh, we're pretty excited about it. I think you should be too. So, uh, guys, it, interesting show last night. I thought there was some really great stuff and um, they seem to be having a lot of fun. And uh, Matt, why don't you uh, tell us your thoughts? Yeah, so um, thanks, guys, uh, and thanks for having me on again. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, for me, first and foremost, the the man is a, a very, very special place. Um, I, I grew up very close to there, uh, and so it's about as close to a real hometown show as I, as I get. Um, and uh, it's also it happens to be where I had my first live uh, fish experience, even though it wasn't actually fish with, uh, with Trey band live in 2001. So it's cool. really nice to, uh, to get back there. And it's, it's such a beautiful place. Um, I thought last night's show was, uh, really good. Um, unfortunately hit a little bit of the fourth quarter slump, um, in the, the second half of the second set with the, the multiple lines, but, uh, the, uh, the <laughs> cross-eyed, uh, jam was really, really good. I'm a, I'm kind of a sucker for cross-eyed. So, uh, it's always great to, to hear that one go deep, um, enjoyed the, the new tunes. And, uh, I thought that the, the Harry hood jam was, uh, really, really fantastic. The, the peak of that, um, was something like we haven't heard from, from hood in a real long time, including, um, Mike stomping on the Taurus pedals just to give a little bit extra seemed to kind of send the crowd in overdrive but uh i i liked it i know that there's some people out there that um they see uh both of those line songs and they they start to poo poo the show but uh it, it was uh it was fine for me yeah i mean i guess i was texting someone earlier about this like if you if you can enjoy a show like that or any of these shows really then i, I you just got problems with expectations like I don't, I don't know what you're expecting but this is this fish like having fun like you said playing well doing whatever they want in a good way and i don't know i thought the first set was was pretty cool like a reba that we've been waiting for and um just a lot of variety and a lot of really good playing i thought the reba jam was was great um and you know the, the cross side it just kept going i thought it was going to go into piper for a while and i didn't know what was going on which is always a good good sign um and to your point, Matt, about the venue, we, I was right behind, like, in front of the terrace section behind the pavilion proper. And um, it was just really, we had great space, a lot of good people, a lot of good good dancing and just hanging out. And it was just a really lovely, uh, lovely time. And, you know, we got three new songs last night, which I thought, you know, that's, that's a big number, but they were... They're interesting songs. I'd like to hear your thoughts on them. Um, Waking Up the Dead was the new Mike and Scott Murawski song, which I think has some interesting music. I haven't quite sussed out the lyrics, although I did hear mentioned lines in that one. And then we had Friends, which is the Fishman song tune, which sounded like Sparks at the very beginning. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and then Tide Turns, which is a, 
uh, it's another Trey ballad, but it sounds like a, uh, a 70s soul tune that just, you know, really could use some horns. Maybe they have them on the record. What do you guys think about these? Yeah, I, I, I agree about side turns. Um, I was actually just listening back to that a couple minutes ago, and um, it sounds very soulful. I, I would expect that that's probably another one that maybe we get those Muscle Shoals horns on uh, on the album. Um, I think for all of those, and particularly that, that tune probably points it out, I'm really interested to see how the, this new album turns out. Um, because last time when they worked with Bob Ezrin, they really had all the material written and he just kind of helped them pare it down for the album and obviously arrange and record it. Um, this time he, he, you know, apparently a very big uh, part of the the actual songwriting process. Um, so I'm interested to see how his experience shapes some of this stuff. Um, the other thing I was thinking is that the, uh, the, the tune friends, which we, we all just kind of mentioned sounded like sparks when they were going into it. Once they actually got into the song itself, it sounded to me almost like a cross between like a Sid Barrett tune and a clash tune. It had this sort of like punk edge to it, um, which, which is really, really neat. So I'm, I'm excited to see where they, uh, where they wind up taking that one. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing about new songs live is it just, at least for me it takes me a while to kind of figure out what's going on and like the first listen through after is like when i start to like when you're there it's just you know if you never heard a song before it's just sort of like all right i i don't know it takes me a while to figure it out i guess um but it's it was pretty good that that was pretty the mic song was pretty good um that was the first set right the yeah what was it called? Like when you were talking about straight waking lines. up, waking up dead was the name. Of the song. Waking up dead. Um, yeah, another the fisherman song was just bizarre. Like Matt said, like I mean, but in a good way. Um, the Trey ballads, I don't know. I feel like they can all kind of they're all kind of interchangeable at this point. But maybe I should give them more of a chance than I do. I, I think a lot of people probably could stand to give them more of a chance, but I'm I'm happy to take whatever heat I, I I've earned by saying that. Um, <laughs> I do. Yeah. I will say that we got you know the the number line thing. It's one of the things that just like pisses me off when I'm at shows and they play number line and people get like upset, you know. And I told a uh, someone was disappointed who was around us, and I told her that I'm I was really sorry that she had to watch her favorite band play like one of their favorite songs, and I hope that she would recover, you know. It's just like <laughs> it's like come on, dude. Like they they obviously love playing the song and they rocked it, and I I, I love that song. Um, and I love when they play it live. So I don't know. I guess maybe I'm in the minority there, but I'm like, come on, guys. This is. I also was getting a little sad at the end because I was realizing I might not see another fish show this year, and so soaking soaking everything in while I could. But what did you think of the number line, Matt? Like standard? Did you enjoy it? Do you like the song? I. Number line for me is one of those ones. I, I think the song itself is really good. I, I love the sentiment um, that it brings. Uh, I'll point out that a lot of those same people who, you know, talk about how awful it is when they see it live are probably the first ones to send a text message or tweet saying happy, happy, oh, my friend to somebody on their birthday. So it obviously <laughs> it's been a very meaningful song. Um, I thought that the, it was a rip version because it was at the end of the set. Trey really got into it. And um, I'll, I'll share an exchange that I had with my wife last night on the way home from the show, if only because she, she makes fun of me for, for doing the fish podcast geek thing. Um, but she, uh, she said, you know, we may not love the song, but Trey was really, really getting into it. And so he must have been thinking a lot about the song or about the, uh, the person that the song was written for. And I said, well, that was him. And she said, okay, well, I guess he feels really good about himself right now, which I thought was pretty funny. 
Well, you know, uh, it's worth noting that this is being this being relatively local. Uh, Tom Marshall was in attendance at these shows, and it's you know they they're trying out some of the new, presumably their Trey Tom songs. I, I don't have official confirmation on that, but uh, at least a couple of these ones that that Trey debuted um, probably are Tom songs. And you know, he wants to play him for his friend. I did. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I met Tom. Um, Ed and Matt did too. I think that was the first time I met him. Nice guy. Had a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of people, a lot of local people, a lot of family, and I'm sure that that's that's part of it. Yeah, this is uh, you know one of their one of their hometown gigs. I will say that at the the hood, Matt, as you said, and we'll we'll play a little bit of that during Dear Prudence. I was. Who I, I was talking to my friend, and it's like they can't just end on Dear Prudence, right? This is not going to be a one-song encore. And he was like, "No way, definitely not." And that's when I, I felt like, "All right, good. Then we got to have a hood coming." Um, and that was just such a great way to close out the two nights. Yeah, agreed. One other, um, you know, takeaway I think in general that I, I had floating around was that, um, you know, regardless of what you think about the show, whether or not it was amazing from start to finish. I think we saw a really important point in the tour last night, usually somewhere around this point, you know, maybe four or five shows in something happens to kind of show us that the band has gotten comfortable on stage and that things are going to shift a little bit more in the way of um, kind of the, the creativeness that we're all looking for. I thought that the, the sort of slow down running gag throughout the first set um, was definitely proof of that, that they, they got real comfortable and Trey made that comment about, you know, we're just cracking ourselves up thinking about what other songs we can play. So yeah. 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 I'm really glad you brought that up. I didn't want us to get away with uh, not talking about that. And I think it, I think it's, is an excellent sign. They were having a great time. They relaxed. They're comfortable with their audience, comfortable with their playing. And, uh, you know, maybe not everybody enjoys the gag, but that's, you know, that's the nature of jokes sometimes. But it gave us a, you know, beautiful farmhouse. Uh, first ever mics into horn. Um, I, I, there was some good stuff there. And, of course, another slow llama is always fun. Yeah. And there was the, um, the farmhouse jam was really pretty, I thought. Um, but just mixing up, mixing up Mike's groove, mixing and you know they were, they're definitely they they definitely seem comfortable. I took my friend who was there was a second show, who I introduced Matt to him last night. But um, during your pet cat, he was like, "This is a pretty weird song." I feel like they should have like, I would have waited till later to like get weird. I'm like, nope, that's not how the, that's not how it happens. They're like, they get weird whenever they want and usually you know from beginning to end which is just a good reminder of that being a unique thing to fish that there is no schedule no schedule right, right. all right guys well um uh, you know rj i know you're on the road so we'll let you focus on driving and uh we'll uh let you guys both get back to recovering from the show uh, everybody's getting ready and looking forward to spec over the weekend we'll have webcasts to watch and that'll be fun and uh we're gonna leave everybody here with couple clips we're going to play a little bit of that cross-eyed jam as it leads into friends and then a little bit of the harry hood peak because why the hell not absolutely thanks for joining us matt no problem thanks for having me on guys oh of course thanks for thanks for being here and uh that's it rj you got any last words 
No, we'll see you guys on, uh, we'll put out another episode Saturday morning, early afternoon, um, after the first night is back. All right, thank you. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil Story Made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Thanks a lot.
Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.